listening to the Fish on Ted podcast with your host, Ted Johnson. Well, hello, this is Ted Johnson with the Fish on Ted podcast, and we are recording today about the end of September 2019. We've got a great guest for you today, and I'm uh, excited to have him on. I'm not going to steal any of Terry's thunder, but Terry, are you there? Yes, sir, I am. How are you tonight, Ted? I'm great. How are you, man? Oh, we're doing excellent. We had a fabulous season, the best ever in our 18-year history and uh, we're actually getting ready for uh, next season, and we've got a, a new uh, situation this year. We, our first show last year was the Barrett-Jackson Auto Auction in Scottsdale, Arizona, a 10-day yeah. show, 14, 18 hours a day, and they, they loved us so much, they've invited us to the Las Vegas show October, uh, I believe it's 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, uh, so we're just basically getting ready, packed up, and... Uh, and um, going over our program to uh, to go there and uh, and hopefully compete with uh, some of the people and take some of the uh, uh, take some of the guests that are uh, buying these uh, nice cars and uh, and come to Salmon Catcher Lodge afterwards. Absolutely, you know, I looked at the website on the auction and holy smokes, those people are spending some serious dollars, aren't they? Oh yeah, yeah. Last year, last year it was amazing, and and I'm a car guy. I actually started out as an auto mechanic in Canada and had several of those muscle cars. Uh, yeah. Bought them for two to three thousand dollars that now sell for a hundred to one hundred fifty thousand, and it just blew my mind because uh, they are they were auctioning off some twelve million dollar Ferraris, uh, oh and just able to walk around and look at at that during the show it got it got me kind of pumped up so it was cool i'll bet it did you know and i must commend you because we we and and the reason i'm saying that we've got a lot of people that listen to the podcast that are uh, guides and outfitters of course we're just uh, also just a lot of fishermen out there but marketing wise you're always on the bleeding edge man i mean we have the show season coming up with the ise shows and the um, um, safari shows and the NRA show and that sort of thing. And you sort of gone a different direction and, and you're attending shows now that promote your business at places where affluent people gather. And I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, we, we, we have gone to the, uh, the conventional shows and don't get me wrong. We still actually do that. Uh, we, we've done the safari club in, in, uh, Reno, Nevada. Uh, we took a break this year, but we promised we'd go back next year. Um, and we've done all the three or four ISC shows. Um, and they can run hot, they can run cold. And the problem is we, we're now pretty well the biggest on the Kenai Peninsula and the most successful. And because of the um, amount of, uh, uh, you know, volume that I have, we've put, uh, we've expanded over the last 18 years every year we put money in we make our product better we we kept purchasing land but we spread our lodge out so we're not just crammed in we actually have five acres nine buildings and 47 beds so when you when you have that type of of of, uh, of real estate it's kind of like going to disney uh you have to have a lot of service people you have to have a lot of maintenance um yeah. and, and the entry is uh 
the entry is, uh, you know, a little bit higher than, than a lot of the other lodges where they don't necessarily maintain their buildings or, or improve their product. For example, every year I take a building and I refresh it. That means a seven to $10,000 outside external staining job. Uh, some of my competition uh, right. have been in business for 20, 30 years, and they've never put uh, uh, another uh, dollar back into their investment. That's, that what, that's what stands me aside from pretty well everybody else. The, the uh, investment, reinvestment back into the business of all the profits, um, that people come and go, wow, this is beautiful. Is this brand new? And I said, actually, this is my first building, and it's 18 years old, and they cannot believe it. Wow. So, so how in the world did you get on the keen eye from, I mean, you've done a myriad of things that uh, I know of and probably a number of things that I don't, but how did you progress over life to now being a, a big lodge owner on the, on the keen eye? Well, it, it, it was kind of by accident more than by design. Uh, I actually uh, started out in England, uh, came from a broken family. Uh, by the time I was five, uh, the, um, the principal at the school told my uh, mother that uh, I would never be in it in life. I was too easily distracted. What he looked at as just uh, probably laziness was actually just I was bored at that stage of the game. So I was very driven. When I, when I was about seven, we came to Canada. I grew up in Canada. Uh, again, kind of distracted. By the time I was about 17, uh, was not doing well in school. Uh, had a, a new stepfather by then. He was old school, old fashioned, and, and thank God for that because uh, he basically gave me the um, the ultimatum to buckle down or or go live with my aunt. And I, I of course, being a stupid teenager, uh, uh, like most of us are, uh, not knowing any better, went and lived with my aunt. Uh, decided to quit school, went out to work for a year, uh, decided that the people I was working for, uh, that I was probably a little bit smarter than them, but the, the bottom line was they held a position and, and they had the company. So I went back to school. I actually financed myself through high school. I got mm -hmm. picked out of high school by Mack Trucks, the big uh, American trucking company, uh, building trucks, um, right. to be a, a token mechanic. So I was they picked one mechanic out of all high schools in Canada. I uh, graduated. Uh, I became, uh, eventually, by the time I was 21, I became a, uh, uh, a, a test driver off the assembly line of brand new Mack trucks, uh, doing very, very well. And today, in today's dollar value, almost a six-digit uh, price, believe it or not. Wow. Uh, uh, and... Uh, uh, you know, was buying uh, Super Bs and Roadrunners and Shelbys and all these cars now that I see going through the auction for $100,000, dollars um, Decided I wanted more in life. Uh, went back to college. Uh, ran a Canadian tire store, which is a very well-known brand in Canada. Uh, uh, oversaw after school at night, uh, doing my college degree. Ran a Canadian tire store. Was still... still uh, you know, pulling in some reasonable money, uh, uh, worked till two in the morning doing my college courses, had a four point uh, grade average. A young man took me up in an airplane, said, that's it. I want to be a pilot. Um, really? sold a Shelby, uh, a, uh, uh, an Austin Healey uh, for about 3,500, which their, their value now at, 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 uh, at, uh, Barrett Jackson is probably a 200 to $250,000, um, uh, auction uh, block uh, price. 
uh, went to a flying school, bought my pilot's licenses for 30, uh, pardon me, $5,200, which is the equivalent uh, today's dollar about, uh, you know, $40,000, and struggled, uh, uh, started out in the Canadian Arctic flying DC-3s, twin otters, uh, $100 a week. Uh, so literally took about an 80% pay cut to fly. Uh, wow. Did that for four years. Uh, you know, uh, uh, flew over polar bears, Canada geese, uh, narwhals. Had a fabulous time being to the real magnetic North Pole on skis in the mm-hmm. winter time. Um, finally made my way down to uh, uh, Toronto area. Was flying radioactive material to uh, New York, Boston, single pilot. Uh, ended up flying. Uh, probably about 30 different airplanes, corporate jets, flew, uh, flew uh, celebrities like Gordon Lightfoot, Ann Murray, uh, President of General Motors, the rock group Rush, uh, uh, Pittsburgh Plate Gas, ex- different executives, um, wow. flew into Louisville, Kentucky to uh, take a multimillionaire to, uh, to the Derby. Uh, of course, uh, you know, uh, I was kind of like a chauffeur to him, so he didn't buy me tickets, so... Hanging around, I saw these great, big, beautiful birds taking off. A UPS had just started an airline, so I got proactive, got in a taxi, went over and knocked on the door. They looked at me and said, wow, your experience is fabulous. We're interested in you. Uh, Within six months, I was working for UPS as as a uh, – graduated as a flight engineer, uh, aced, aced the exam, aced the oral. They made me the first non-management instructor on 727s, uh, instructed for a year, uh, flight engineers, um, really my background in engineering and auto mechanics helped me do that. Uh, graduated to the right seat of 727. Within five years, I was a 757 captain. Uh, within a year and a half to two years, they made me a training captain, and I never looked back. I had a 25-year career with them. Flew 767s. Uh, I was the first international instructor, non-management, along with another gentleman. Uh, 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 the, and we flew, taught pilots how to go around the world uh, yeah. on a two-engine airplane. And while I was going through Anchorage, we had a, four, a, a 48-hour layover before we went over to Shanghai, uh, you know, Beijing, uh, Seoul, Korea, Taiwan, Malaysia, India, uh, Dubai, Germany, et cetera, et cetera, uh, Kuala Lumpur, and um, and I just uh, rented a car and went down to the Kenai and started fishing. Well, I fell in love with it, so I eventually bought a van for my layovers, and then I I fell in love with all the gear that you buy, so eventually I had so much stuff in the the van, I drove a pickup truck and a camper and a boat up from uh, uh, Tennessee, where I was living at the time, and uh, and then when I maxed that out on clothes and fishing gear, I decided to build a house, so I built this uh, what was supposed to be just a small investment, a beautiful little log cabin, but uh, mm-hmm. it, it was astronomical. It ha- actually had three-foot logs in the ceiling, uh, mm-hmm. and there's no more logs left on the entire Kenai Peninsula. And, uh, of course, it ran over, like most like most people when they build. So I was kind of uh, complaining to the co-pilot one day about how I, you know, kind of shot myself in the foot and invested all this money on a place that I only got to go to two days a month. And he said, well, heck, do you know how many pilots, you know, love to fish? Why don't you rent it out to pilots? So I did that. And uh, my first customer was a, uh, 
a, a 727 female officer and a, a, a captain, and her husband was a Continental co-pilot. And I believe I got uh, $50 a night uh, renting them out what is now a $600,000 cabin. Wow. And uh, and then right after that, when I decided to go into business uh, and get a license, etc., and turn it into Salmon Catcher Lodge, which was uh, unusual because um, when I decided I needed a name uh, like like the uh, uh, the state requires, I go, you know what? I'll, I'll try Salmon Catcher Lodge, but I'm sure that is taken. I mean, yeah. of all the fishing lodges in Alaska, I imagine that s- somebody would have come up with the idea, uh, touchy Salmon Catcher Lodge, and lo and behold, there it was. So I grabbed it. Uh, yeah. One of my very first uh, revenue customers, not airline employees, was uh, was um, Brian Shaw from the L.A. Lakers, who oh. I met last year at the Fred Hall Long Beach show and did a selfie with, uh, which was pretty interesting to see him about 16 years after the fact. A good guy, now retired, uh, teaching young guys how to, uh, how to play baseball, uh, more, more, not so much for the money, but for the passion of passing on his trade. Right. And that's how I got into it. Wow, really? And never looked back, yeah. huh? Yeah. Yeah, and it's taken me 18 years, to be honest with you, to actually make money at it because I've been, been investing in it the whole time. Our, our last investment was we finally went went up to the to – the, uh, and, and we still have packages. All the units have kitchens, uh, but now we sell the, the uh, all-inclusive because we found that so many people uh, said, hey, when my wife comes to Alaska, she's not going to cook. So we built a $125,000 commercial kitchen this year. Uh, our last uh, thing we're going to build actually is a, a 24-foot rotunda, an octagon over top of the fire pit so you can sit under that fire regardless of whether it's raining or snowing or whatever. Uh, and uh, that will be the last investment in my lodge after that. We're just going to sit back and, uh, and do the maintenance. But uh, two years ago, we built what was supposed to be a uh, – about uh, $125,000 sauna, gym, and hot tub. And, of course, uh, in my fashion, uh, I decided not to drywall just because of the steam. So we ended up with tongue and groove. So it's tongue and groove ceiling, tongue and groove walls, uh, etc. And it's absolutely uh, fabulous. And um, uh, that, that ended up, we, and, 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 you know, I thought, well, we're going to do corporate groups. We have done corporate groups. So I made it a, a fashion after Germany uh, that I experienced. We built a 20, 20 to 25-person sauna, eight-person hot tub, a gym, and full-body massage chairs. So, so basically, I've been putting money into it the whole time uh, yeah. using my UPS. I've been retired for five or six years. I have four-stage renal failure. Uh, fortunately, I'm on the uh, Mayo transplant list, so uh, mm-hmm. life will be good after that. Um, but I've been putting money in for for the the whole time that I've had Salmon Catcher Lodge and making it better every year. And now it's paying off because we are now the number one ranked place to stay on Expedia, Booking.com, Travago, Travelocity, all the major worldwide search engines uh, for a place to stay in uh, south of Anchorage. Uh, So we beat uh, the Princess Cruise Lines Resort. We built Alaska, which is a... uh, 
which is a five-star ski resort, uh, yeah. Seward Winsong Lodge, Land's End down in Homer. These are all multi, multi-million dollar operations, like I'm talking five, 10, 15, $20 million buildings. But our wow. customer service and our property is deemed by these major search engines and the people's reports after staying there that they like our product. They like how we run our business and That's that right. we're a, we're a family owned business and we're a value. Right. Well, uh, that is awesome, man. You know, and one of the things that we haven't spoke about on, you know, while we're talking here is that the Salmon Catcher Lodge is right on the Kenai, is it not? Yeah, yeah. We're, well, we're actually right beside it. We're not, we're, and, and, and that's a, a big selling point. Uh, we're not on the Kenai, and, and people, you know, 99% of the lodges are on the Kenai. So when you go to the sh- marketings, the shows, they will say, hey, if you're not on the Kenai, uh, you can't compete. So here, here's the right. deal. And, I t- and, I, and I've learned how to compete uh, one-on-one with what I have. Because uh, we have bought fishing rods, reels, nets, waders, hip boots, thermoses, uh, coolers, ice, hiking sticks, clam shovels, uh, bear repellent, hydration packs. All of that is available. That is all a pack- in our package price. You can really? go hiking. You can go fishing. You can go take the gear and go fishing everywhere. So my counter to the people who are on the Kenai, uh, when they say, well, if you're not on the Kenai, you, you can't compete, is, is wrong. Because fish do not stay in one place. They move upstream. So that lodge has 175 feet of riverfront, and they have 20 or 25 guests, and they formally call it combat fishing on the Kenai when the sockeye are in. So once a year, it gets very, very crowded when a million and a half fish come up the river, and everybody's looking for a bank spot to fish. So they use this to sell, hey, we have private riverfront. What they don't tell the clients is that they have their own guideboats parked right in front of their property. So you're not really fishing for the sockeye off the bank. You're standing in the boat, and ironically, sockeyes hug the shore. So sockeyes are two to three feet away from the shore. So while you're casting out trying to catch these sockeyes, the fish are actually swimming right underneath your feet in, under funny. that boat. Uh, so that's a misconception that they have used uh, to to market their property for years and years. And as I tell people, look, you know, if he's got 175 feet of riverfront, he's got 27 guests. If you decide 27, divide 27 and 175 feet, that's about 3.2 feet uh, per person. So you're actually combat fishing on private property. And the right. difference is. When you're on public land, uh, you have to respect your neighbor. When you're on private property, you got to be looking at that guy over the dinner table that night, or, 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 or sitting sitting in the same boat with him. So it's a little uncomfortable. So uh, we we have them beat on that because it's like going shopping. You don't have to live downtown and listen to the noise and the congestion and the sirens to go shopping. What you do is you live outside of town, you drive into town, you go shopping, you get the shopping out of the way, and you go come home to this nice, quiet, peaceful five acres with with saunas and hot tubs and massage chairs and and fireplaces and, and concierge 
five-star customer service. Uh, mm-hmm. So we have misspelled that to conception that you have to be on the river. Oh, I forgot, by the way, there's 575 registered powerboat guides, and uh-huh. they run their Yamaha 50-horsepower engines from 530 in the morning till 6, and then by, by law they have to be off the river at 6 o'clock, and then people like me get our boats out, and after the guides are off the river, we go fishing from 6 o'clock till maybe 10, 11 o'clock at night because you're 20, 22 hours of daylight uh, in prime time season. So even when you're there and you've done your fishing and you go, you know what, I'd like to lay down and have a little snooze, you're bombarded with these power boats and you leave that lodge not necessarily relaxed and and refreshed like is the idea when you go on vacation to go home and 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 take a week and get away from the stress of work and daily life you actually go home going wow uh i think i've stuck my head in a beehive all i can hear is from the powerboat noise at 20 hours a day yeah wow no kidding well you know and, and as you're explaining this i can see the real advantages to this is that People, when they go to the lodge, you can offer a myriad of different experiences on a, a plethora of different rivers and water waters, whether it's fishing the uh, uh, the inlet or fishing the Russian River or the yes. Kenai, well, wherever the fish are, that's where you're heading, pe- you're heading people to versus, you know, if, if you had a lodge right on the Kenai, you'd be saying, well, you know, right out there in front is probably pretty good for you. Um, exactly, and and you yeah. and you now get the trick of the whole deal is is mm-hmm. uh, you know and and here's the deal for all the customers or anybody that wants to come to Sam Lodge, I will give you a hundred percent money back guarantee that I tell it exactly the way it is. The reason being, I do not do this for the money. I do this out of the passion. So I'm going to give you the lowdown, and I don't have. I don't have a set amount of money I've got to make every year to pay my mortgages. My properties are all paid for. I'm 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 clear uh, out of out of uh, any any banks or mortgages hands. Uh, so basically, our our we have uh, you know insurance and land taxes, and that's about it. So when I tell you, hey, I'm doing the best I can do to get you on a trip. It's not tainted by how much money, and we do an actual fact, as you say, I have guides up in the upper uh, Cooper Landing Canyon area, some of the aqua blue purple or uh, per, uh, water rather, uh, where the, the rainbow trout at absolute fabulous scenery. Uh, we have guides that go to the middle river and the lower uh, Kenai. We have guides that go to the upper Kasilov and the lower Kasilov. Uh, they're all multi uh, uh, guides, meaning that they they do powerboat and drift boat. So right. if we find that one river is blown out with a little bit of rain and a little bit of mud, uh, they leave that powerboat behind that day and they take you on a drift boat on a different river that is not affected by the rain because it doesn't have as muddy banks, et cetera, et cetera, or we go up high where yeah. down low may be affected by the mud because, uh, you know, 20, 30 miles of river has accumulated the mud. So we'll go up to the, to the head of the river where the where there is no mud, where where there you know there there's no erosion of the bank, uh, so the water is crystal clear. So we have that flexibility. Uh, we do flyouts, we do bear viewing, we do extreme flyouts. Uh, uh, four or five people on on a beaver for for a whole day. Uh, they rent the whole airplane. They do several different lakes and rivers. They go for several different species. We also have a great concierge service because we realize not everybody wants to fish. So we build custom packages 
where you basically, uh, the wives can go uh, glacier cruising, whale watching, bear viewing, fly out. They can go shopping. We can set them up on a, on a, on a, a, a cruise down in Homer, having a lunch over in Soldovia. Uh, or we can just uh, get the guys on the boat and let the ladies take the car and give them some binoculars and, and some coolers with some cool drinks and some uh, box lunches and say, hey, here's some maps, here's what you're going to do. And that's where actually your app, Salmon Catcher app, does very well for us that you have built for us is we have lots and lots of stuff on that app for them to use and th- and that they get that when they come to Salmon Catcher Lodge. So yes, we okay. are everything from uh, kayaking to whale watching to horseback riding. We can set up dog sledding. I had a couple this year that went uh, hiking on a flew in a helicopter, hiked on a glacier, and repelled 200 feet down in the crevices and, and gave me the pictures. It's absolutely oh, no. fabulous. Really? Uh, so. We do it all. We're, we're, we're basically there to have people not just uh, catch fish. Uh, we're there for families, groups, uh, corporations, uh, uh, you know, everything from weddings to retreats. So, yes, we do it all. Well, and, and one of the things that was hitting me as you were talking there, Terry, is that you're very nimble when it comes to who you can put people to fish with because the, the guides aren't on your payroll, right? I mean, you, you have a relationship. That, 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 is, that is correct. I basically, uh, I basically unlike uh, 99% of lodges uh, for-profit, uh, have the boats, uh, hire young. Uh, you know, some of the best lodges on the peninsula uh, uh, competing with me uh, bring kids in from college. These kids are 21, 22 years old. I mean, you know, yeah. I'm sorry, but it, you got you got to be 18 years old to get your guide's license. So you're talking three years experience. Uh, some of my guides have 50 years experience on the Kenai River, uh, wow. and I match my customers up. I go, okay, are you hardcore? Do you want do you want to go out with a guy that's he's maybe a crusty old guide, like a crusty old captain on a boat, uh, right. you know, barking out orders, but boy, he he knows how to. Uh, get those fish, or do you want to go out? You have a family. I'll send you out with a nice young guy in his 28, 30 year range. Um, mm-hmm. He's great with kids. I know because I send my six and eight year old children out with him, uh, and, and and he teaches, and he's confident, and he's quiet, and he and he's and he's subtle on how he approaches uh, the the fishing, and everybody comes back happy. So yeah, we have. We subcontract out all our employees. I have one uh, guide on full-time payroll for, uh, in case we need, we need somebody to, to go above and beyond. Uh, the, most of the guides are, are uh, by that stage are tired. So I keep, them, I keep them around if we have to do something uh, exceptional to um, make up for a bad weather day or something like that. But uh, we are the top-paying we, we top lodge on the peninsula. In some cases, we pay our guides. Now, that doesn't mean the customer pays more. You're still right. going to pay the same uh, price to the other lodges. We're, we're competitive on our, on our, on our guiding. Uh, but the bottom line is uh, they're going to supply the boats, and they're going to pay that guy. Uh, for example, one of, uh, one, of a, um, uh, one of the lodges I'm aware of that, that is tied in with, for example, like Orvis or, or, or uh, one of the big sporting companies, uh, you know, these guys get – a hundred, two hundred dollars a day, and they work for tips. My right. guides, you know, if we're if we're charging eight hundred dollars for four people for a for an eight or nine hour a day, uh, th- those guides are getting uh, eighty, eighty five percent of that. Uh, 
uh, money. So I tell people, hey, I remember when I was a pilot working for $100 a week, and I re- remember when I was a pilot working for a couple of hundred dollars an hour. Boy, did right. I have a better attitude at a couple of hundred dollars. Did I want to do a best job at a couple of hundred dollars an hour than, than working for a hundred dollars a week? And that's yeah. basically why I do what I do. I, yes, I could jump on the profit bandwagon and I could mirror what all the other lodges do, but that's why I am now a leader on the lodges on the peninsula because I take the money and the profit and it takes second seat to the product and the performance of what we do for you when you come to Salmon Catcher Lodge. Very good. Let's uh, turn the page a little bit. I, I'm going to ask you because you are a resident there and, and you're so in tune with the peninsula, the, the Kenai Peninsula, you know, all up and down the West Coast, there's been bad press lately about salmon runs and, and, and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. You know, in, in Oregon, where I'm from, you know, they were saying this was going to be one of the worst salmon runs they've seen in years on the King, Kings, and the guides are just having a heyday right now. You know, the, mm-hmm. uh, the Department of Fish and Wildlife were, were way yeah. off on what they thought was going to happen. But, you know, you, you do hear things about the Kenai, and there's not as much fish in regards to, uh, you know, the great big kings and that sort of thing on the Kenai. And, and then, uh, but people don't understand that, you know, that's a, that's a cyclical thing. Plus, you have yes. all sorts of other types of fish that you can be fishing for, whether it's sockeyes, the huge runs there, and the and the cohos and that and that sort of thing. You know, touch on on that a little bit as you see looking yeah. forward. What's the fishery going to yeah. be like in your part of the world? Exactly, exactly, uh, and and that's a good question. So here's the deal: basically, the Kenai Peninsula. If you go on uh, on the website. It's Alaska's playground. What that means is there are more fishing opportunities on the Kenai Peninsula than all the rest of Alaska put together. One thing I do let people know is when they're looking at the other five-star competition based in Kodiak and Juneau and Sitka and Ketchikan is a couple of things. Number one, Anchorage is a, uh, is a, uh, uh, a category uh, two uh, three airport, meaning it, it it matches Atlanta, Chicago, Dallas, New York. It doesn't matter how bad the weather is, you always get in, the airplane auto lands itself, and you always get out. All the other places in Alaska, they are, they are uh, uh, bordered by mountains and stuff like, uh, you know, uh, land, landmarks and stuff that are, that are an issue with navigation safety of the airplane. So basically at 200 feet, even though the most seasoned Alaska airline pilot, for example, who runs up and down that coast all day long, all, all year long, uh, at 200 feet, if he can't see the runway, if you're in the airplane, you're not getting in to start your vacation. If you're on the ground, you're not right. getting up out the weather clears. That means that you could be stuck there for two days. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, they'll house you because you're you're sleeping in the same bed of, uh, as what the people who were supposed to get in. But you're not going fishing because unless you pay for it, because right. your vacation is over and the other people, once they get in, the, their vacation is over within five days if they were coming for seven uh, because they got somebody else uh, taking their bed five days later. So mm-hmm. that's one of the big things that we – a couple of major, major things that set us aside uh, from everybody else in Alaska. Number one, the ability for the airplanes to get in and get out unimpeded by the weather restrictions and the safety. Number two, 99% of all those other lodges 
are mainly ocean fishing. So if you have storms like they're having these days off the coast of California and mm-hmm. stuff where it's kicking up for a week, your whole fishing charters could be canceled and, and, and you're you're going to be sitting in that lodge watching CNN all day long or Fox News or, or, or MSNBC or whatever. The point of the matter is we are totally flexible. If our yep. weather is not good in the ocean, we give you a credit for that halibut fishing, and within two hours we either have you on a fly-out or a river trip. We So when you come with us, you're going to get to go fishing. You're not going to lose your vacation or part of it because you can't get in or you can't get out, and you're not going to lose it because the weather is terrible in the ocean and the boats can't launch. If that's the case, you don't get charged for it. We put that back in the piggy bank, and then we take it out of the piggy bank, and we go, okay, do you want to have a day on, a day off to go out with the wives and go shopping or sightseeing, and, and your trip is now magically costing you a few hundred dollars less, or do you want to go out fishing right away and let's get you on a salmon trip? But Yes, that's the big difference with us is we have so many different species and rivers, and and the runs are different. It, even when the runs on the Kenai, uh, you know, sometimes the sockeye run this year surprises all. Uh, we were catching, we were catching, uh, we limited out at eight, eight or so sockeye a day to keep. That's a 50-pound box of fish, and that went on for weeks and weeks and weeks. Uh, normally, the run's about three weeks. The the, the It was an 85-degree weather in, in Alaska this summer which is very abnormal, Um, uh, but uh, the silver salmon did not come in as well this year because I believe what they're saying is the silver salmon were more affected by the ocean temperatures, but the sockeye fishing was phenomenal, uh, unlike we've hardly ever seen in the history of the peninsula. Also, the uh, where we do the flyouts across the inlet, that whole run has a whole different uh, situation. It starts earlier. It 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 it, uh, it, it just basically it, when the salmon aren't over here, we can put you on an airplane. There's always some place to go where you will be fishing. Oh, so you mm-hmm. you know you just have to come to Alaska with an open mind. You're coming up for a great vacation, and you're going to go fishing. Um, and it, it, it may not be exactly as fruitful in one species, but the other species is thriving because what affects one negatively uh, makes the other one uh, positively. And, you know, nowhere else can you go, and I have pictures of guides in, in late August, early September, who have landed 20-pound rainbow. Nowhere else can you go in the world where they have 20-pound rainbow. And I, I hear people when I'm marketing go, oh, we're from Colorado. We have rainbow trout. We, we don't want to go fishing for rainbow trout. Well, you have you have 20-pound rainbow trout? Well, no, no. The biggest is 5 pounds, 6 pounds. Right. Okay. Right. Oh, you know what I mean? Uh, same with the grayling. Uh, same with the grayling. And... Um, and the king salmon, eight out of ten of the world record king salmon have come out of the Aquino River. That has not changed. Maybe there's not as many king salmon in this river, but you know what? As you say, all up and down the coast, they pretty well shut, including Canada, they pretty well shut down the king salmon fishery. So we're one of the greatest holdouts still on that. It may not be the heyday where you can catch 50 king salmon a day. Uh, and, and likewise with the halibut, prime example. Uh, they have slot limits now in Juneau, Sitka, and places like that. It's got to be under this size. It's got to be over that size. You can go out on three halibut trips, 
catch a 300-pound halibut, have to throw it back. Catch a 20-pound halibut, have to throw it back. Uh, catch this halibut, you, you can throw back every halibut, but uh, we are still, because of our fishery being bountiful, you are allowed to keep the first halibut you, you want to keep. It's 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 80, 90, 100, 200, 300, 400 pounds. And the next one has to be under 28 inches, which gives you about 7.5 pounds of meat. Uh, but we are still the holdout. We are still the leader on we have not totally restricted it yet like most of our counterparts in the rest of Alaska and Canada and Oregon and places like that. So hopefully that answers your question. Does that mean it's not going to happen? Well, I I hope not, but you know what? Uh, Alaska is still a fabulous place to come to look at the volcanoes and the moose and the caribou. I I could furnish you with, with five hours of footage of moose walking by my signs in front of my buildings uh, with their calves. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it's not just about the fishing. Uh, and if it is, we're going to put you on a fish. It may not be exactly what you came up for, but you know what? Compared to our counterparts, uh, you may not even get out on the boat because because yeah. the, the, the waves and, and the storms may be, may be too hard for you to even, uh, even uh, stand up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and you made a very good point about, uh, you know, uh, flying into the different uh, airports and that sort of thing throughout Alaska and Southeast primarily is that, um, you know, a lot of cases, you know, you get on the ground and then you can't take that float plane out to the next, lo- you know, to the lodge where you're supposed to be. And I've, uh, I've experienced that firsthand, you know, where we spent two days in a location where yeah. we couldn't get out, out to the lodge just because there was so much fog and that sort of thing. And uh, Kodiak's a prime example of that. You can you can be sitting at the Anchorage airport for two days attempting to get into Kodiak. And, and as I say, you, you, everything I tell you is factual. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, if somebody denies that, I would offer them a free trip to my lodge if they could prove different on everything that I'm saying on this podcast. It's all legitimate. It's not profit-driven. It's just the fact I have people say, wow, we've talked to several other lodges. We learn more from you than, than all the rest put together. I, I'm proud as an airline pilot, as a professional. Uh, I've come too far to sacrifice my reputation because the reputation is the only thing I take with me when I leave. I've got a fabulous family. I'm an elder, uh, elder parent. I'm 71. I have a six and an eight year old daughter and a beautiful wife. Uh, that I met over in the Philippines, and extended family, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, you know, what I'm giving you tonight information is exactly what I repeat on the telephone when I'm selling my product and at the sports shows, and I stand behind it, and I know a lot of people uh, in the different lodges would say, well, you know, but the bottom line is what's bothering him is because it's, it's, it's the truth. It's the truth, and they cannot defend it because it is the truth, and that's the negative that they don't want to touch on, and, 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 uh, and the bottom line is, uh, you know, I, I'm here to educate you, and then you decide where you want to go. If you don't want to spend quite as much money, then then you go to a, a different location and and maybe sit in a building that has that has a coffee maker and a microwave. Uh, you know, that's fine, and a chair, and and a two person table. But you know, we are uh, we we dance to a different uh, drummer. We we have five star buildings, five star properties. And yet, some of our packages actually start at seventeen hundred dollars uh, for for you know five days 
uh, lodging and all the efficient everything that I've described to you. So, uh, and and they cap out in in, uh, in the uh, in the mid five thousand with meals and seven nights and 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 all the vacuum packing and fish processing is included in my in my packages, which is highly unusual. Again, I set the standards. Uh, you know, I set the bar. Ninety nine percent of these lodges, after fifty pounds, you start paying. I have my own fish processing facility, uh, two walk in freezers, flash freezers. Um, it's it's been a huge investment. Over the years, uh, 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 not only of, of my time and effort and money, uh, but it's paying off now because nobody but nobody on the Kenai Peninsula has the property that I have, and and we and yet we still do not just say, hey, if you don't have five or ten thousand dollars, you can't come to Salmon Catcher Lodge. We still welcome people that want to come and do their own cooking. It's right. just that we have now moved into that region where we can also offer you a full meal service with a five-star chef. So, but we haven't, we haven't again, like my flying in Canada, uh, we haven't given up on where we came from and what we did. So we will never scrap that. We will never take out the kitchens. And we'll never just say, hey, you know, unless you want to come and uh, get out a, a you know a Platinum Express uh, American Express card and, and buy a five plus thousand dollar package, you're not welcome here. We want families to come. Uh, we give kids a discount. We I I, I work with every family. Uh, we are we are pro veteran. I'm actually the biggest contributor to the Wounded Warriors in the state of Alaska. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have given 200 plus trips uh, to Wounded Warriors. Uh, we bring up policemen, firemen, paramedics, uh, uh, you know, and this, I think, uh, it, it says that it's not uh, so much about uh, what what we can get out of it, but what we can uh, put into it. I have been bringing up the Outdoor Dream Foundation cancer kids and their families for several years and giving them a free trip. Uh, the Kentucky Wounded Heroes in Kentucky, uh, we we had 12 of them with two support staff this year. We're now at, at about 205 of, of those gentlemen uh, and, and ladies uh, bringing up policemen, firemen, paramedics. Um, we uh, we have now taken on Glenn Beck as as uh, as being brought to our attention. Uh, we uh, we have joined his foundation, Mercury One, and given four packages. Uh, and basically, that, that that's a a unique one in itself. They lift up ordinary groups of people with uh, faith, uh, hope, and charity. And so, uh, if it's persecuted religions, not just Christianity, but but any persecuted religions, if it's if it's if it's uh, cancer children, uh, uh, people with deformities, they are just a broad. I mean, their their charity uh, it just strokes all the brush across all the things in the United States. He's a very, he used to be a television guy. Now he's, he's a radio guy. Uh, we started last year and gave two, two packages away, uh, to boot and shoot, uh, the biggest, uh, celebration in, uh, in uh, Dallas, Texas. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, that was, uh, to found the different places through, uh, you know, the, the, the vets, et cetera, et cetera, brain, brain tuber children. Uh, and through that, we, we, uh, 
got introduced to 22 kill and that is that is my final hurrah the one that i'm the most excited about is uh although the, the circumstances are terrible but 22 veterans commit suicide every day and this charity i just pull out the stops and said look what can i do for you so we've given away several packages they're auctioning it off this this month and i thought you know what uh you know the veterans uh, we try we try to make amends for what's happened uh, they're first on the airplanes they, they get a discount at home depot uh we, we 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 give them the high five and and the chest the chest uh you know sign uh but i thought you know when i heard about this i thought well this is the end of the road i mean there's there's no intervention anymore it's there's no get on the airplane free there's no hey a 10 percent discount the government's failed them uh, their families have failed them their friends have failed them we failed them so this will be ultimately probably uh the direction in which i go this will probably end up being my biggest my biggest charity but just this year alone uh, i've donated uh close to fifty thousand dollars uh in the last two and a half months uh, to these charities uh for the upcoming year right holy smokes that's amazing terry guys you you yep. uh, you're, you're really giving back a lot of business people you know uh, don't give back to the community and to uh um, you know, to the group they they the groups yeah. are affiliated in, and you know, if you believe in karma, right, uh, karma will treat you right if you if you take on those types of responsibilities. And so, my hat is off to you for that. Well, thank you. And and there's a reason for it. As I said, as I mentioned, I Canada in '89. I was told by Air Canada and Pacific Northwest and Max Ward, a charter company, that I was too old to go away. And, and the United States gave me a green card. They gave me citizenship. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, and I thought, how do I give back? And so it was kind of a fluke. I'm, I met a, a, a Chuck Reed, uh, who was a, uh, uh, in charge. He's a 25-year veteran in the military. He was a, a Kentucky State Trooper guarding the governor. And uh, he was retired and, and uh, a pilot buddy of mine introduced me. He came up and helped me run the lodge one year and said, hey, how'd you like to do this for me? I said, sure. So this is non this is tax not tax deductible by the way so this this quarter million dollars uh we do not we do not get a write-off the the irs basically says hey uh you're getting depreciation on the billing so this this is straight out of the pocket at this stage of the game but the bottom line is i was looking for a way to say to the united states thank you for the most incredible thing that you could give a person like me which is the opportunity to be a citizen and in 30 years i don't even have a parking ticket uh, i've been the quintessential uh, immigrant and this is my way of giving back so we're proud to basically be the biggest contributor to the winter warriors over any other lodge uh in the in 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 alaska uh, mm -hmm. and, and we do it because we want to do it. Um, it's, it's my way of saying thank you. This country gave me something, and, and this is my way of giving back. Okay? Yeah. Wow, that's so cool. That is so cool. So if, if someone... I have to tell you something, by the way. 
by the yeah. way, this is pretty cool. So uh, several years ago, uh, Chuck, when he came up with, uh, we had 12 Purple Hearts from Vietnam at uh, one time, all in, their, all in their late 70s, mid 70s. And he gave me a plaque, and I read it, and it said, Kentucky Colonel's Award. And I said, what's this? And he said, well, you lived in Kentucky working for UPS. This is the highest honor that the state gives to one of its citizens, and the governor has bequeathed you with this award for what you do for our wounded warriors, right? And so I said, oh, that's fabulous, you know, uh, with a tear in my eye. So four years later, the governor changed. And they gave me another one from the next governor for the same thing. He decided, he heard my story, and he thought, I want to give this guy a Kentucky Colonel's Award. Uh, And it is, yeah, and so here's the deal. Here's the cool part. If you Google Kentucky Colonel's Award, there's many, many people that have it. You know, they don't just give it to people who save children from burning cars, firemen, and stuff like that. Right. That also. They they get it also. But it's 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 commonplace. In that respect, there's, they probably give out two, three, four hundred a year. Uh, mm-hmm. So it isn't like... It's, it's, it's like a Medal of Honor, you know what I mean, from the United States. Right. But, right. Uh, but I got a second one, and I, I started going, okay, so let me look into this. So when I started checking into it, uh, what I was told by Chuck, uh, who gave it to me, was that people like Elvis Presley and Johnny Depp and Asty Judd and, and uh, Winona Ryder, all of these people who uh, were, were – uh, honored by by a Kentucky Colonel's Award. And I, so I, it's kind of cool because I have something that, uh, you know, uh, the deceased Elvis Presley has and, and Johnny Depp, the, the famous actor, uh, you know, and many, many other people. So it isn't like right. it's just me, but it's kind of, that was one of the things that, that I got out of this and said, wow, this, this, you can't buy this. This is so cool to have this. Uh, and, you know, that, uh, uh, that in itself uh, was just such an honor to know that they had looked at me as a candidate, uh, just like they looked at all these other people along the ways and said, you know what, what you did we think needs recognition. So we're going to put your name underneath the, the presented to uh, a part of, uh, of this award. Uh, so that, that was an interesting highlight. I still have those two plaques, uh, you know, uh, at my lodge, uh, uh, you know, so it's pretty cool. That is so cool. So, Terry, how do people get a hold of you if they want to uh, book uh, a trip for the coming season? Okay, well, that's quite simple. My manager actually uh, can take a call. It's 907-335-2001. His name's Bill Davis. Uh, or they can call me personally on my cell phone. Uh, I kind of, I'm 24 hours a day with this business. I'll, I will be to the day I die. And I promise, I promise the veterans that my wife will continue on the legacy after I die, because she's a little younger than me, uh, that we will continue to honor uh, people who are less fortunate than us, i.e. the, the uh, Outdoor Dream Foundation, the Cancer Kids, et cetera, et cetera. Um, right. And then my number is 907-953-2448, or you can email us. We started in 2001, so email us at salmoncatcherlodge2001 at gmail.com. We have a fabulous website, which is the salmoncatcherlodge.com. 
mm-hmm. and it has videos. Oh, we were featured, by the way, on Larry Zonka, the famous football player, Miami Dolphins, on oh, yeah. two of his television series, um, Larry Zonka, Napa's North to Alaska, and yeah. we're actually a sportsman's warehouse, the big outdoor store. We're one of about 15 platinum trophy lodges in the state of Alaska. So all of these videos are actually on our website at salmoncatcherlodge.com uh, for you to look at. Wow, that is so cool, man. That is so cool. Well, thank you, Terry, for uh, spending time with us today. And, and uh, thank you for all you do, man. I mean, uh, it, it's, a, it's an honor to have uh, been associated with you through these years. And, and I just uh, commend you again for what you do with the, uh, the veterans and, and people of need. They're, this world needs more people like Terry Johnson. And we appreciate that. And, and, and it's my pleasure. It, it really is, you know, um, as I say, you know, I, you know, you watch the news these days and, and, and it's always uh, so negative. But you know what? The reason I watch the news is uh, the decent news channels always have one small story about a young boy or a mother or a school bus driver that saved the kid or a policeman yep. or a fireman that saved the kid. And that's what drives me to watch the news these days is I know inside of that 30 minutes of news stories that there's going to be a one, two minute clip that I, that, that a tear comes to my eyes and that's the type of person I am. And that's what, that's what drives me basically, uh, to continue to do what I do is I look for the good in, 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 in the country and the citizens in the state of the world and, and what I can do to, to add to it. If you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Okay. So I'll, I'll close with that if you're finished. Otherwise, uh, Thank you very much, Ted, for giving me this opportunity to tell people about me. And it's been a wonderful experience. And likewise. God bless you, sir. Have a great season coming up. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, talking with you again in the future.